welcome to Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and today we are talking to William T. Thompson. Hey, T, welcome to Speakernomics. It's great to be here with you, my friend. So, T, up front, I like to go right for the meat of the interview. What are two tips that you have for professional speakers? My first tip would be to change your mindset. And we can elaborate now or when you'd like to. All right. We will elaborate in a few minutes. Okay. So what's your second tip? For my second speakers? tip is after you have taken advantage of my first tip to educate yourself on tax-advantaged investments. All right. So that sounds like we are going to talk about savings, about investment. We're going to talk about the money side of this business, aren't we? We're talking about money. Money, money. Awesome. That's what we like to hear. Well, for those of you who do not know William T. Thompson, he is a board member of the National Speakers Association. He has had quite an eclectic career. He was an international airline captain. He is a lawyer. He was the CEO of a major association. He was a business owner. And now he is a keynote speaker and an advisor to CEOs and entrepreneurs. And he's an all-around great guy. So, T, welcome to this show. It's a pleasure to be here, especially with you, my friend. And I am happy to see you in this new role. Yeah, we're just getting it kicked off. Uh, the first couple of episodes have dropped so people can go and binge them all. And then every Tuesday, we're going to have new, fresh, exciting episodes where people are going to learn out how to be a better speaker and how to make more money in this business. So let's get to the meat of this. You said for your first tip that speakers need to change their mindset. What do you mean by that? Okay, most people in America, speakers included, have a mindset of earning and consuming. That's what we are in the United States, consumers. We want to earn more so we can buy the newer car or get the bigger house or maybe take the nicer vacation. And that's what we do. Most people live just below what they're earning. My tip was to change that mindset to saving and investing, and more specifically, to build wealth. Because when you build wealth over time, you don't have to worry about making more money. The money <laughs> just comes in. So let's talk about most speak or many speakers who have speakers businesses, right? We, we are the product. We are the ones who are out there speaking. So we're not working for a company. Oftentimes we have businesses that we can't sell because the main focus of the business is ourselves. So how do we save and invest? What, what, are, you, what are you talking about? In fact, because of what you just said, that's even more reason to save and invest. When I make income, I see how much I can put aside. That's what makes me happy. For example, when, when I was flying for the airlines and I would get a pay raise or maybe move up a seat from co-pilot to captain, because I was living fine on what I had, all that extra money went into savings. And over time, it continues to build and build and build. And you finally get to a point where you don't have to worry about making income at all. There's a lot of people who haven't done that. That hasn't been their mindset. So how do they make this shift instead of, hey, I made a lot of money. Now let's spend a lot of money. How do they get that mindset that you had? And, and here's the key, Tom. You don't even have to make a lot of money. Have you ever heard of a lady called Ann Scheiber? I have not. Ann Scheiber lived in New York City. She worked for the IRS. 
as an auditor. She never made more than $4,000 a year. When she died at 101, she lived a long time, she had an investment portfolio worth over $22 million, which in today's dollars would be $37.5 million. And so it's not about how much you make, it's how much you save and invest over time. All right, so what holds speakers back from having this type of a mindset, no, no matter what their income level? Well, we get the gig and we're excited about the fact that we've gotten a new gig and we're going to have more money coming in. The excitement should be, okay, I've gotten a new gig, I can put that money aside. That's another $10,000, $15,000, $5,000 that I can throw in one of my tax-advantaged savings accounts. So and then maybe the next, the next gig you can spend. So, but a lot of people, they, they have a lot of overhead, whether it's on the personal side, they have a big house, they have a brand new car, they've got kids going to fancy Ivy League colleges, et cetera. And when they get that $10,000, they've got to spend it just to, to keep it all f- afloat. Or maybe their business has an office and a staff and everything that goes with that. Right. And that gets to the point that I made to begin with. We earn and consume rather than saving and invest. My kids went to private school. And, and then I took them out of private school and put them in public school. <laughs> I used the private school to build that foundation of study habits and those sorts of things. And then I live in a nice neighborhood. Most schools are funded by the real estate tax. So after they had those good habits down, I put them in private school. Uh, excuse me, I put them in public schools. And they did well, went to college, they got good jobs, and they're making good money today. (laughs) So I want to delve in a little deeper to this mindset thing, because we hear about it a lot. People who listen to a lot of podcasts, there's a lot of people out there. uh, We have a lot of speakers who speak on the topic of mindset. But I'm just going to talk for myself. It sounds great. Changing my mindset, going to, you know, either what they talk about in in the book mindset, a growth mindset over a fixed mindset, or in the case of what we're talking about here, going to a mindset where we're not just being consumers and spending every dollar we make sounds awesome. But come on, how do we get there? How do we change our mindset, T? Well, I'm fortunate in that I had uh, a mother who was a saver. And so I picked that habit up from her. Now, like everybody else, I like to live well as well. But the mindset change is really more about making the short-term sacrifice for the long-term gain. Mm -hmm. Today, I can do anything I want to do, and it won't affect my income or what I am able to do uh, based on money at all. And so when COVID hit, I didn't have to scramble when I lost my keynote dates. Of course, I still had my consulting money coming in. But it wasn't an issue for me. I could do things that I had been putting off for a while, one of which was to finish my book that's coming out uh, next month, The Flight to Excellence. And I was able to start a podcast. I was able to start my blog, things that I knew I needed to do, but I'd been so busy hustling in other areas that I hadn't gotten around to it. And it gave me the flexibility because my wealth produced the income that I needed and I didn't have to worry about making the big switch or the big tilt or the big pivot or whatever you want to call it these (laughs) days, just to ensure that money kept coming in. So you bring up a really interesting point, and that is around 2020 last year and all that happened to COVID to our meetings business, and then more specifically to those of us who make our, our money as speakers in the business, events started to cancel. And for a lot of people, it was really scary because they didn't have the mindset that you talk about. Now, talking about my own personal life, 
I'm not one who has everything saved. I'm not sitting in the position that you just described where, you know, I don't have to worry about it. My investments are making my money. However, I also wasn't living check to check. I had followed the advice and had that mindset that my dad and other people had always said about make sure you have six months of cash on hand just in case there's an emergency. Now, in the course of my life, I thought about emergencies. I thought about somehow getting sick, having some sort of a thing that would keep me off the road. I didn't ever really prepare for the fact that the entire society would shut down on live meetings. So I really wasn't prepared for for what happened last March. That being said, I watched my income drop to zero. And in the ways that I was able to pivot to do some other things, I don't think I got my income back to 50% of what it was. However, because I came close to getting it to 50% and I was able to drop my spending a lot since we weren't going to restaurants, I wasn't traveling, uh, you know, we made some other changes to, to bills and, and, and commitments that we had. I had that pool of money in the bank and we were able to keep ourselves going until the start of 2021, where now all of a sudden I'm starting to see some things changing. So while I didn't have the mindset you talked about, I did have the mindset to at least have that six months. However, now I don't have a six-month emergency fund anymore, so I have to retool my own mindset to go back to saving it up. So what advice would you give me or someone like me who's sort of in the middle of what we just described, not either the, the totally has no money and no plans versus kind of the situation you're in where you've figured it out? What, do you, what does the person in the middle do in 2021? When things start picking up again in 2021, and the gigs start coming in, and you're speaking, and you're bringing in the money again, why don't you just pause for a while before you start spending anymore? You made the adjustment because you had to. And you didn't spend as much, you didn't go out to eat as much, and you made adjustments so that you could adapt. Now that you've adapted, instead of returning back to what you were doing before, stay where you are now for a bit and keep putting money aside. And you'll get into that habit of putting more aside, particularly when you see it begin to grow. My daughter, she and her fiance go to concerts quite a bit, at least a couple times a month. And when we sat down and we added up what they were spending on the concert tickets, the dinner, of course, you're going to do dinner. You're going to grab some beers and everything. They were spending well over 350 bucks to go to a concert. I said, look, Go to one concert a month instead of two. In the course of a year, you're saving $4,000. Yeah. Money that could go into your IRA, and at the end of the year, you've got 4000 in a tax advantage account that's growing just by cutting back in half. Now, you don't have to give up going to concerts, give up having a good time, but you can cut back and put that money aside. And, and today she's got over $13,000. Excuse me. That's my younger daughter, 13000 This one's got over $30,000 in her uh, IRA account. Nice. So the, the, the shifting of that mindset about the money they were spending on entertainment is now starting. They're young, so they're starting to get set up in, in, in the good direction. Now, what you just described leads us really into your second tip, which was directly about how and where to invest. So let's talk about that. Okay. Well, once you've changed that mindset, understand that the government gives you some great options, particularly for speakers and, and solo entrepreneurs or people that just have one or two uh, employees working for them. And if it's your wife that works for you, it's even a better deal. Everybody should have basic IRAs, individual retirement accounts. And there are two types. 
One is called the Roth IRA and the other is the traditional IRA. Now, I'm not giving tax advice or investment advice. I put that on the record. <laughs> and most of this stuff you can find online. But the difference between the two, the Roth IRA is uh, invested with after-tax dollars. And the traditional IRA, you can take a deduction for the amount that you put in your IRA from your income. Now, with the Roth IRA, when you start taking the money out years later, you don't have to pay any taxes. But with the traditional IRA, when you take the money out, it comes to you as ordinary income and you do have to pay taxes on it. So those are two things that everybody can have. You can put six grand away a year in both of those IRAs. And if you're over, over 50, you can put $7,000 a year. And then as a solo entrepreneur, which a lot of speakers are, you've got two other options that, that, that allow you to put even more money away. One's called the Solo 401k, and you can put away up to $57,000 a year. And if you're over 50, $63,000 a year. And then there's another vehicle called the SEP IRA. SEP stands for Simplified Employee Pension. And again, for self-employed people or people who only have few employees, you can put up to $57,000 away, which is tax deductible as well. And so that is an opportunity to stash away some big time money and in, in plan for your future. So, yeah, I have a SEP IRA and I, I try to put I don't I, I haven't been able to afford to put $50,000 away every year, but I do try to put some money away every year because some is going to be better than none. Is that right. is that true? Absolutely. Put as much as you can. And, and, and the goal is try to maximize those accounts because right. as time goes on. Oh, man, the money just starts growing. It's like it's like an airplane taking off. Right. When I push the power up in that airplane on, on the runway, there's a big mass to, to get moving forward. And so you hear the engine spool up, but you're not making much progress down the runway. And uh, as the power kicks in and time goes by, you're finally able to lift off and, and really take off. And that's what happens in those investment accounts. Initially, you're not going to see much progress. You're putting the money away. You're putting the money away. But then you, you look one day and... Wow, it's over 100,000. And then it's over 300,000. And then it's over half a million. And then it just starts really taking off. All right. So we have a lot of people who listen to this new podcast who are younger. They haven't yet become full-time speakers. They listen to Speakernomics because they want to make the transition from having a job working for a company to becoming that solopreneur who goes out as a thought leader, a coach, a podcaster, a professional speaker, etc. They want to do what you and I have done for, for so long now. So let's talk to someone who's thinking of making that transition. What do you think if someone is thinking about, okay, I want to get into this speaking business. I want to make money as a speaker, but I still have a job. I haven't made the full transition yet. Taking both pieces of your advice, what should they be planning for before they ever jump in with both feet? Well, the good thing is that they are young. I didn't start really saving and investing until I was in my early 30s. If someone is thinking about this in their 20s, I mean, that, that five, six, seven-year time difference can be literally worth a million or more dollars over a 40-year career, easily. 
And so if they, once again, tip one, change their mindset about saving and investing, they have a tremendous advantage on someone in their 40s or 50s. But someone in their 40s or 50s still can put away a lot of money. I ran an association, as you mentioned. I took the job at age 57, and I worked there until I was uh, 66, so nine years. And through retirement accounts and what's called a 457B, which is for nonprofit organizations, I was still in that nine-year period between what I was able to put away and the investment return on that amount, I left with a million dollars. So it's not too late if you're 50, what'd you say, 58 or, or something, 57. It's, it's, not. It, it's not too late to put money aside and be able to, to have it grow. So now let's talk to that person who maybe doesn't have much money saved. Let's say they're around that 50 mark, right? Which means they've got give or take 15, 20 more years to actually work. Is that enough time for them to have financial security? It's enough time, but they have to move fast and they have to move deliberately to start putting as much, again, away as you can in those tax advantaged accounts. All right, so let's get let's get down down and dirty here for people who fall into that demographic. Their time frame is under twenty years. They've got to put money away. Where can they find the money? They're they're not making a half million a year. They're they're making you know a decent living as a speaker as we come out of the the COVID crisis. They're doing okay, but you know they're not crushing it. How, how do they make those those tweaks to their lifestyle? Well, that's why I brought up. And Shiver, as an example, a lady who never made more than $4,000 a year, yet she was able, because of frugal living and saving and investing, to die with a, a portfolio of $22 million. And just because you only have that much time left in, in your career, from an earning power standpoint of view, you can still save and invest what d- does come in. All right, let's talk about frugal living. This is where I'm going. I want to push you a little bit here because I think I think for you, this has come naturally. Your mom taught you how to do this. But listening to Speakernomics, there's someone out there who's like, I missed the boat. I'm too old. I haven't started doing it. How do I even live frugal? I, I just bought a new Tesla. How do I do this? <laughs> hey, I, interestingly enough, I just bought a new Tesla. <laughs> Didn't change my lifestyle one bit. Well, you have to make some sacrifices, you know. I mean, to your point, it, it is not easy. You can't if you're not generating the income or you don't have the wealth that kicks off the income, you got to sacrifice on the living side. Right uh, now, you may only have 20 more years of a, a career left, but hopefully you will have much more time to live long term. And so you have to make a decision. OK, you know, do I sacrifice a little now and put away as much as I can and not have to worry about the future? Or do I keep consuming at a level that I am now and live in a certain lifestyle? But what do I do if things go to crap like they did because of COVID? And and that's the choice. That's the individual choice you have to make, which is why my first tip was you got to change your mindset. Well, and this leads me to another kind of exciting little question to ask you, because while you didn't share your exact age now, you did let us know that at some point, you know, around 67 or 68, you stopped working for the association. So we are just going to figure that you're at least that old. So what if somebody is over that 65 or around that 70 age bracket? 
shoot, you're just releasing a book. Your speaking career is just taking off. So you don't have to stop earning money when you're in the late 60s or early 70s, do you? Not at all. And, and, and quite frankly, when I took the job at the association, I was already retired. So I didn't take it because it was a job that I needed. Now, they paid me well, and I took the money. <laughs> but I came out of retirement to take the job because it was at my alma mater. I ran the Association of Graduates at the United States Air Force Academy. And a good friend of mine, my roommate for a time at the academy, became chief of staff of the Air Force. And we were chatting, and he said, you know, they're having some problems out there. You ought to throw your hat in the ring for that job and go out and fix it. I said, no, I'm retired. I'm on some boards. You know, I'm just at a different stage in life. And he said, well, if you're at that stage in life, why don't you go back and give to the institution that was the foundation for our success? And anyway, so that's why I went back out there, not because I needed the job. It was really my way of giving back to the institution. But some people who might be, you know, the, that, that sort of uh, experienced little silver gray on, the, on, the, on their temples, some people need to still work. So what advice do you have for people who are making money or want to be making money as speakers who are over that 65 level? Well, if they're still working, they should be putting as much as they can afford to put away. And if that means cutting back on the international trip that they take every year to some foreign country, or if it means delaying buying the new Tesla or those other things, the key is to put it away. I still have the first car I ever bought. Now, it's restored now, and it's a classic. It was a Corvette when I graduated from the academy. And over the years, I looked at selling it and getting a new car. But, um, you know, when I bought that car, it was only $4,200. <laughs> and as time went on, I could see cars were 20000 and then 30000 I thought, oh, man, I'm not going to spend that kind of money on a car. This thing is, is, is fine. It's cheaper to just keep it running and to take that money that I would have put into that new car and throw it in my investment accounts instead of having a car note and so again it's, it's all about the mindset so t what you've told us is that at any age in any economy people who are working in our in our beloved business of professional speaking need to have the right mindset and they need to be saving and investing whether they're 20 or whether they're 70 any last words of advice for everybody last words of advice to do it you know, we talk about it, we think about it, we have conversations about it, we listen to podcasts like this about doing it, but most people don't take action. You got to take action and get it done. It's one of my four P's in the P4 system of success. Number one, have the right principles in life. Number two, have good people around you. Number three, have a plan. And number four, perform. Have a bias for action, to take action. All right. Well, you heard it here on Speakernomics. Have the right mindset when it comes to money and make sure that you're saving and investing. And then when you get older, you don't have to worry about anything and you can travel. You can buy a new Tesla. You can just have some fun. You heard it from T. I think that's really good advice. I wish it's advice that I had heard when I was younger. It's advice that uh, I have to take to heart as I'm kind of working to rebuild here. And I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to that. So thank you for being here on Speakernomics. Thank you. And just remember, never too late. Never ne too late. It's never too late. I love that. That's the great way to end this podcast. And I want all of you who listened, we've got this brand new show going. We want your feedback. We want to hear from you. And we want you to join us every single week because every week I'm going to bring you more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to make money as a professional speaker. And always remember the motto of this podcast, speak, get paid, get paid 
Repeat. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.